Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. We have Tasia Persevich. Ah, that name stresses me out. So hard to say, but Tasia is a phenomenal athlete. Most of you know her from being part of the CrossFit Mayhem Championship team of 2018. Before that, she was an individual athlete. We talk all about how we met back in 2016. There was that infamous trip out to Aromas to the ranch early in the week, and the judges were tasked with keeping an eye on two athletes. Tasia was one of mine, and we've kept in contact ever since, and I'm super excited to see how far she's come in this sport, to see all she's achieved. She's a really amazing human being, and I'm just proud of her and proud of all she's accomplished, and it was a really great chat with her. We talked all about being a part of that Mayhem team, the challenges of competing on a team versus competing individually, how she uprooted her life and moved to Cookville, Tennessee, which is basically the mecca of CrossFit this day and age, and so much more. She's a really cool, cool person, and I think you're going to very much enjoy this episode. We bring to you the best, and Tasia just so happens to be one of the best. So, Check her out, listen in, and then of course, in a couple of weeks, cheer her on as her and the Mayhem crew go to battle at the 2019 CrossFit Games. Look for me on the floor. I'll be judging the individuals once again this year. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. A lot of people, a lot of competitors are showing up, so I'm not sure exactly what it's going to entail on our end, but you can count on the fact that it's going to be a well-run event. I'm going to do my best judging And no doubt, if you see me on there, I'd love for you to snap a picture, send it to me. It's always cool to to get that when we're done judging a heat. So I appreciate all my friends and family that always do that. In the meantime, check us out, besthouroftheirday.com. We've got some cool freebies on the site. You can look around. It's also where we have the archives and all of our old episodes, uh, all of our past interviews, all of our past discussions. And speaking of discussions, our Q&A with Donnie, Got tremendous feedback. Thank you. And the questions keep coming in. Fern and I have a huge list of topics that we want to cover. And you can you can guarantee that if you send it in, it goes on our list and we're going to do our best to get to it. We'll do a couple more Q&As like that in the future and then keep the episodes to you know one main topic and we'll discuss that for 20 or 30 minutes. And we've got some other cool things. If you check out our Instagram, at best hour of their day, we asked about an online course something that we're definitely considering, and we got tremendous, you know, a ton of feedback on that. So it's definitely going to be in the works soon. I'll see Fern while we're judging out there. He's also judging, so we plan on in-between heats when we're, you know, not practicing our our skill set of double undercounting. We will be working on some things. So hit us up in the meantime on social media. You can um, find us uh, on our website as well, besthouroftheirday.com. All right, I'm going to kick it back over to myself for this interview with Tasia. Hope you enjoy another great interview with Best Hour of Their Day. All right, I'm here with Tasia. I'm butchering her last name, so I'm going to let it go. <laughs> is it is it hard having such a complicated last name in the sport of CrossFit? It is, but I've gotten used to it. So if you're anywhere like close to it, I know you're talking about me. <laughs> Because so. even your first name is moderately confusing. 
Yes, it is. I think in 2016 at regionals, I remember them like saying my name, like, and it was just like totally wrong and people were just laughing about it. But now it's, it is what it is. What's your background? What's your ethnicity? Um, I'm Polish and Italian. So I think my last name is technically Polish. But your parents aren't immigrants, correct? No. So, I mean, they were, they realized they were giving you a challenging life. With this oh, yes. Name. They knew for sure. <laughs> like, here's your name. Here's what you're going to have to do. Tell people to say Asia with a T in the front. Yeah, that's actually genius because most people don't pick that up and they try to like say it front to back. So it's like Tasia or like, I don't even know. There's so many different things. It's like parents that give their kids a first name, but go by their middle name. I'm like, you're just setting them up to get bullied. In yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we were chatting ahead of time and you have quite the credentials. I mean, the biggest credential you have is last year, you guys won the CrossFit Games. Pretty yes. cool. And, so uh, and cool. I definitely want to talk all about that. I met you actually, do you remember in 2016, I had to like shuttle you around. I yeah. was Roz, my wife was like, how do you know her? I was like, well, you remember in like the year we went to Aromas, I had, I forget the other athlete that I had. I was, it like, was, um, I was thinking, cause I was actually thinking about it before the podcast. It was um, the Anderson brother, I think Co- Kobe. Anderson oh his first year too we were paired together and you were our like chaperone and you know we knew just as little as you did right and they're like oh I watch every judge got two athletes and we're like watch them and we're like what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) so we you know tried to make sure that was a terrible day not up for training but I almost kind of removed it from my memory but remember we couldn't get back to yeah we it was a long day, especially for like that being my first games and how stressed I already was um, to like wake up at, I can't remember, it was like two something because we had to leave by whatever, four and then just travel, not knowing where you're going. I remember I didn't even bring my wallet. I like was just so unprepared and so t- terrified. And then we got delayed coming back. So yeah, it was good. It was a good experience. <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I talked to one of the other athletes about it, but how challenging does that make the rest of your week just I know for us we were up like you said it was like you went to bed at 10 got up at 2 which is not enough sleep but what does that do to an athlete um I think I I recovered pretty well I I think when you're there and you know that it's game time it almost it matters but it also doesn't like we know sleep and recovery and eating properly is going to help you do better but you also don't have a choice and everyone's in the same boat. So I think I felt as good as I'm sure it would have felt better if I got another five hours sleep, but you know, I felt as good as I was going to feel. Um, and the second day after the, the aromas, we just had a swim. So after you swam, we had the rest of the day. So it was kind of like you had a day to recover between that and the next three days. So it's almost like, Hey, I know we're all on this even playing field. It is what it is. Yeah. I was talking to, I think it was Austin Maliolo, who's married and his wife, Marin, often travels. And my wife and I wake each other up throughout the night. I, you know, yeah. that's just, we kick each other, we hit each other, that type of thing. It, you know, is sleep vital week of competition? Not just obviously during training, but I assume the stress of competition is like adds to it. How vital is that sleep that week? Yeah, I think it's super important. I mean, sleep's always important. Um, But I also think that 
if it's like three days, like we're talking about, so like it's a short time domain, if you're not getting that much sleep, you're still going to be able to function at a high level. I mean, I don't know the science behind whether if that's true or not, but at least for me, um, because you're stressed when you're there. So you're not getting as good a sleep as you normally would anyways. At least I usually don't sleep as well. I'm up, my mind's turning, I'm nervous. Um, so I'm not getting as good a sleep as I would during a training day and I still can function well. So, so you go from 15th that year. I'd like to think I played a very small part. In yes. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and what a lot of people may not realize, you were living in New Hampshire at the time, right? CrossFit Correct. free. Is that where mm-hmm. you grew up? No, I actually grew up in Arizona. Um, I went to the University of New Hampshire for college. And when I graduated, I stayed in New Hampshire. And that's kind of like what led me into free. And you had dreams of becoming a, I don't know if it's professional, but a world-class gymnast. Yeah, I mean, I competed in college as a collegiate gymnast, and growing up, I had always wanted to go to the Olympics as a gymnast, and I just, I didn't have the natural talent for it. Uh, I worked really hard and ended up getting a scholarship, and that was kind of like, that was my ceiling for me personally. So what's harder, going to the Olympics as a gymnast or winning the CrossFit Games? Oh, man. I think they're both very different. They're both incredibly difficult, as we can see. Um, well, yeah, which I don't would know. You, okay, well, then it's hard to say because you've only done one, but what's, what's, <laughs> what would you prefer, a gold medal or a gold medal at the Games? I mean, I would prefer a gold medal at the Games, but I don't know, I guess. I think they're both equally as valued. They're just different. They're just different. Is it? easier to make a living as a games athlete than as an Olymp- a gymnast olympian um you don't hear about i mean granted i'm not in that world but it's you know you hear i know carrie strug right and that's huh. maybe it right like yeah that was like not, 96 yeah that was a, you know that was like i'm a teenage boy there's girls competing you know you're watching the olympics you know and then of course um Who's the famous, the short? Allie Raisman, maybe. No, her? you're yeah. you're too young. Um, there's a Mary Lou Retton. Oh, okay, yeah. Mary that's... Lou Retton, right? But other than that, it's like, yeah, sure, we all, you know, I would recognize a few names. But I mean, in the CrossFit world, everybody knows CrossFit Mayhem. Yeah, but I think, so they're like select world. So if you're in the gymnastics world, you know everyone too. You know, it's like similar as maybe in the outside world, like in the general public they might, a regular person might not know who Rich Froning is. You know what I mean? But a regular person also might not know who Allie Raisman is. And she's won the Olympics. I don't know how many times. That, I think that's true. Like we all get so wrapped up in our, in our world that we think everybody, like my mom wouldn't recognize Rich Froning. Right. She'd recognize me in the picture judging him. <laughs> do, do you get recognized now though, as, as a games champion? Do you walk her, I mean, outside of Cookville? Um, no, I would say it's pretty much the same, maybe a little bit, but we always joke like at the games and stuff, people like ask me to take a picture of like Rich and someone else. <laughs> I'm like, I was just <laughs> out there with him, like helping. I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> like doing something. And they're like, no, we take a picture of me and Rich. And I'm like, sure, you got it. Um, so, but I mean, he's obviously earned that. Um, and I'm still just, you know, just working really hard. And I don't think. Yeah, teams might get a little bit more recognition this year than in years past, but we'll see. I definitely want to talk about that, but my I'm I'm 41. So I'm at the age where all my buddies are getting the dad bods and they're finding CrossFit. And I'm like really cool. 
because I know a lot about CrossFit. Yeah. Do you have that experience? Like, are your friends that were on your gymnastics team trying CrossFit and they're like, wow, like Tasia won this thing? Yeah, I think it's cool because even like, you know, growing up or like being a gymnast, like we always did strength stuff and we always were kind of like strong. Um, so it's like a really good transition. And a lot of the girls haven't necessarily transitioned. They just transitioned to different things like running or whatever. And I do know some people who have tried CrossFit and it's just funny. So like, wow, I can't believe it. Like you actually like know these people. I'm like, yeah, they're my friends. Yeah, we're on the same team. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's probably the, the most important question I was going to ask you. Okay. And then I want to talk about, but were you guys at all worried that you wouldn't qualify this year? No, I mean, not in like a, I mean, I guess there's like, there's normal worry. Like you're okay. Yes. And no. So you always have that in the back of your head. Like, Oh, what if, you know, like, what if we went to China and I got sick and you know, we weren't able to compete well or perform, but there also are so many opportunities um, with the sanctionals that like, you can't, you know, you can make it happen. I think if you have the opportunities to go to all these different places and that's not to say like, yeah, it's a shoe in cause it's never a shoe and it's not a shoe in for anyone. Like we can see that, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but we've trained so hard this year and like this year I feel significantly fitter than last year, just because, you know, like being around for a whole year and, you know, working with Rich for a whole year and Dre being here in China, you know, there is a little bit of confidence that comes with that, um, which I think is super helpful. So there was no backup plan. Like, hey, we all qualified individually. Oh, no. Are we doing that thing if this doesn't work out as a team? No. No, I mean, I declined my individual invite before China. So I'm. So you had to make that decision ahead of time. Yeah. Okay, so I want to go through this journey, though. From 2016, you qualify as an individual, 15th place. You then, why do you decide to go team the next year? I actually got sick during the Open in 2017 and didn't complete it as an individual. Um, so I ended up going team, and it was a lot of fun. And I think it kind of, you know, opened my eyes a little bit more to team. My plan wasn't to go team in 2017 or 2018 when they asked me to be on Freedom. Um, but it obviously worked out. And I think having a little bit of team experience was good leading up to that. Yeah. I was looking through your placings. I was like, what happened? Either she just committed to going team and was like, I'm just going to take it easy this open, but I thought you would have done better. <laughs> so that makes sense that you got sick that year. And then all of a sudden you're on mayhem. So is that just like, Hey, Rich calls you, texts you? you know, DM slides into your DMs and it's like, <laughs> have you thought yeah, about Cookville? Well, kind of. I mean, uh, I got a text in maybe, I think it, it must have been like October, September, October, the end of September um, from CrossFit Mayhem Freedom Instagram. And it showed up, it didn't even show up into my like normal one. It showed up into like my like, you right, know, like the they other weren't one. following you. Yeah, that one. Um, and yeah, it was just, obviously I didn't know what my plan was. I had wanted to go individual again that year because I didn't get the chance to go in 2017, but it was also the opportunity of a lifetime. Like I knew that, um, who was leaving that year? I think, oh, Refit was leaving and they needed to replace her. And I know, um, strength being a strength of mine was something they were trying to replace 
And at the time I actually was like rehabbing a torn labrum that I had torn in May of that year in my shoulder. So I was kind of like nervous and wasn't sure if I was going to be capable of filling that spot. But the first step was just like, Hey, I'll come out and like meet you guys. And cause they wanted to like, see if I was fit enough and you know, that if I fit in with the group. If you were fit enough. So like 15th of the games isn't, it's like a first date really. Yeah, it totally is. And the thing is, it's super valid because just because I got 15th in 2016 doesn't mean that I'm going to be fit in 20, you know, 17 or whatever. Or fit so, on a team, right? You're an individual. I mean, gymnastics is a team, but it's really, it's like wrestling. It's individual. Oh, it's totally individual. And I think team fitness is like, what was eye-opening to me is I thought team was going to be easier and it's really not. It's <laughs> super hard. And it takes a lot of different, like the worm is something that like worm fitness comes from just like, you have to do the worm to like get that type of fitness. You can't just be like, you can take the fifth person and put them on it and like, yeah, they're going to do well, but it's still different. Uh, so I think learning those things. Do you, think, do you think Rich texted me and I just didn't see it because it was in my other DMs also? That could have been it. Maybe it was you. You were the first choice. Well, do you, you, do, do you think you were the first choice or did have they told you at this point? Yeah, I mean, they had asked, I think, I think Jen Smith, had been asked and she wanted to go individual and then I know that there are other people they were talking to what I didn't know was like when I showed up there I thought it was going to be kind of like a try well it was kind of like a tryout but I thought it was going to be more of a tryout where there's going to be like me and then another girl coming in and then another girl coming in and when I was there they're like no like we want you if you want to come but you know like we need to know obviously because they had till December at that point with the affiliates still being you had to be in the same affiliate um so that, that was a little bit of relief because I was just like so stressed about performing in this like trial weekend um, there. And they had kind of already from meeting me and knowing my fitness level decided that they had wanted me if I wanted to come. And it probably helped that you were in a position in life where you can relocate. Totally. And I think, you know, that's super important where like this year it's totally different. People can go from wherever, um, but you needed someone who's going to be able to move there. So do you like living in Cookville? Oh, I love it. It's so awesome. It's basically, I was talking to Chris Hinshaw, it's the Mecca. It's like the Venice Beach of California, you know, bodybuilding back in the 60s. Yeah, I guess so. It, it doesn't seem like it because we're just like used to being here. But from the outside, I guess it definitely looks like when you've got, you know, three reigning world champions among you know, other very incredibly fit people here. Yeah, you have more than that, really, when you factor in some of the teens, your team now, sure. right? Oh, so yeah, that's true. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that yet, because we've got Haley and Angelo and Nick, like, all these teens, and, yeah, it's kind of crazy, because you just get so used to seeing everyone, you don't think of them as, like, you know. Yeah, I'm sure that's what Arnold thought back in the day, too. He's like, these are just my buddies we trained, and 30 years later, they're like, you know, that's where it all went down. I'm sure in 20 years, they're going to be like, People will be like, where'd CrossFit start? You know, Cookville. And the funny thing is, like, I've been there for seminars. There's nothing. It's a college town. There's a Cheddar's. Yeah, Cheddar's, there's nothing. It, yeah. There's, like, Which every makes- chain restaurant. That's all there is. Every chain restaurant. Right. But it makes it so good for fitness because it's like, oh, what are you going to do on Saturday night? Like, nothing. I guess I'll go work out. <laughs> yeah. Might as well go, you know, go to CrossFit Mayhem. They have a great donut. What's the donut? Ray's, is it? Ralph's. Ralph's. Yeah. I mean, I've worked you know, 200 plus seminars. And I love going to Mayhem because they have barbecue food Saturday night. Like they take care of the participants. They take care of the coaches. And and what's the woman's name that runs it? She's amazing. Yvette? 
a vet, a vet, amazing woman. And, yeah. uh, and then she always supplies us with Ralph's and I'm always like, no, I won't have one. Okay. By the end of the day, eating them all. Yeah. Right. Would, you, would that have changed things with the rules this year that you didn't have to live in Cookville? And have you considered, you know, moving either back home to Arizona or New Hampshire because of that rule or is it, or is being together so important? I think being together is super important. And like, they've seen that over the years that to be able to, you know, train together and be on the worm together and do things like that together, super helpful. Um, so I get to train with Rich and Dre every day and then China comes in every few weeks or so. Um, so yeah, I would, I would never, if I was planning on competing on the team, I would never leave here. So how old are you, Tasia? I'm 28. 28. How many good years does a CrossFit games level athlete have? I think that depends on the person. And, you know, and I mean, I personally believe it depends what you've done years past. You gymnastics is not easy. No. And to, to compete at the level you competed at, it must have been, like you said, you had a torn labrum, which I assume started sure. in gymnastics, right? So does that beat your body up? And how many years do you think you've got at this high, high level? I mean, I hate to like go out and predict because you never know what can happen. You know what I mean? I feel really good right now. Um, my body has adjusted to the volume finally. Um, last year, last year was really hard because it was a difficult adjustment to the amount of training that Rich does. Um, but now that I've adjusted, I do feel really good. And I think, you know, you can say like, I have so many years left, but I could go and trip and, you know, like do something. So I don't like to put a cap on it. I would definitely compete as long as I'm happy and healthy. And I think that's like what most people at this level, they don't want to put a lid on it, but they also, you know, don't want to cut themselves short. So they're like, as long as I'm happy and healthy, and like that could be for another five years, that could be for another one year, you know, like we don't really know. What was your, what's your degree in? Biology. So do your parents like ever reach out to you and like, hey, Tasia, remember that degree? Are you going to do something with it? <laughs> Actually, no. Surprisingly, like my mom, when I first started CrossFit, she would like send me articles on Rabdo. And she was like, I don't think you should be doing this. Like, this is super scary. Um, and now she just loves it. She can see how happy it makes me. And um, yeah, it's just, it's an incredible opportunity. I'll never have this opportunity again. You know, like I, this is the time where I'm able to compete in my body and mind. And I have the time and space to do it. Um, and yeah, you have to take those opportunities. You don't want to just say, oh, I wish I had done that back in the day because I should be using this degree. <laughs> oh man, I have a guy at jujitsu, very good. And I was like, move to California. And he's like, I can't. He's like 25. I'm like, you're never going to have an easier opportunity. You know, you're, it's never going to get easier as you get older. So it's, it's cool that you're doing it. Now, being a full-time games athlete, you know, people, everybody wants to do more. And I think that's improving over the years. Like there's less people showing up to CrossFit saying, I'm going to the games. They realize right. it. But for example, you and I were trying to coordinate this call and you're like, Hey, I train nine to five. <laughs> like it has to be before nine or like you're, it's a full-time job. Yeah, it's definitely full-time. I mean, I'm not obviously going. No, and I didn't. Five five yeah. time. But I mean, the impression I got was like, Hey, that's work time. Like I'm at the gym, we're talking, yeah. we're brainstorming, we're thinking. Like you're not 
squatting for eight straight hours, but you're, but you're involved in your preparation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it takes that time to like be able to get in, warm up, train. And then like Mondays we swim. So we're going to like train and then swim, come back, shower, eat, and then regroup and train again. So especially right now in this time, I try to focus on setting that time aside and really being, you know, being able to be present and dedicated to that. Whereas like if I were to plan like a call in the middle or if I have anything, sometimes I have things like in the middle of lunchtime, kind of like thinking about like, okay, I need to make sure I get this training done, you know, so I have enough time to get there. Whereas I prefer to be focused on just like what I'm doing and give it my best there. Um, so it's easier to go in the morning or at night, you know, and I guess it is, it's kind of funny because it is kind of like a nine to five, <laughs> but you don't think of it like that. Cause it goes, you're not like sitting doing the same thing for eight hours. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure after five, you're still, although you're not training, you're thinking about how the day went you're, you know, you're eating right. You're preparing your food. You're making yep. sure you get to bed on time. It's a, you know, you have body work. I'm sure that gets done on you. Yep. So you're, it's, it's full time. What did the change to the games? What was your initial reaction? As did you guys like? Did you have a text thread going on like WTF type of thing? Like, <laughs> what's Coach Glassman doing? Like, how do we, how do we prepare? How does it change our our preparation? Yeah, I think it definitely changed the preparation in a sense of we need to start prep early, earlier. Um, normally, we wouldn't have started ramping up until like around you know open time, so like maybe like February or. Um, something there and because we were competing at Wadapalooza we I think the changes happened I can't remember if it was like September October and everyone was kind of on the same page of okay it is what it is we can sit here and like you know complain about it and try to figure it out or we can just keep moving forward and start training um, so pretty soon after that we started ramping up which makes this season very long because we've been ramping since before Wadapalooza um, which was in to- January which was in January. And the plan was, you know, we had hoped to win Wadapalooza so we could take a down season. Um, and then that didn't happen. So um, we've just been kind of going through. Uh, we did take like two weeks after Rogue, but getting to Rogue was like really hard because we'd just been going so hard. So we needed to take that time and now everyone's feeling really good, ready to go. What's the motivation to train at these other competitions or sanctionals, I guess, once you've qualified? Um, just more practice to see the other teams. Like Rogue was definitely good practice to see some teams that we hadn't seen yet. You know what I mean? Um, some teams that weren't at Wadapalooza or maybe weren't in Asia um, to see different programming, how we do in the different style of programming. Because the sanctionals, you can pretty much program whatever you want. So um, from, if you look at the programming from Wadapalooza to Asia to Rogue, it's all very different. Um, so yeah, normally at regionals, you'd see the same program across the board for all teams. So you get a good gauge at where people are at. Whereas now you can see, you know, like if you look in Dubai, it's all individual. So, I mean, the teams are all individual programming and then you see some sanctionals have worms, some don't. Um, yeah, so it's just a good test to see the different styles. Out of those three, which was your favorite? Asia, Wadapalooza, or Rogue? Um, I mean, probably Asia, obviously, because that was a good experience. And I think the worm, Wadapalooza would be next just because there's the worm involved. And I think for these teams, these super teams just jumping together, uh, that's a really good way to see if everyone's on the same wavelength and has good communication. 
Uh, so we like to see the worm because we communicate really well together and we work really well together because we spend time together. Um, so yeah, anything with the worm or more team aspect like synchro and things like that usually bode better for us. Do you like watching other teams implode on the worm? I mean, I don't say I like it, but it's kind of funny because you think, like I said earlier, I think just briefly, when I came in to Freedom last year, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty fit. Like, I can keep up on the worm. And I started working on the worm with Rich, Hewitt, and Lindy. And just because I was the weak link, you just keep getting pummeled and pummeled into the ground. And it's like, you don't want to give up. So you're like full red line, just like trying to pick this thing up off the ground. Um, so it's just a funny experience because I think it, it definitely squashes egos really fast. Um, so that can be like fun to watch. <laughs> well, and is there a bit of the teams that like train together, like you guys that are like, you know, yeah, this that's what you get. Like we live in Cookville, we live and breathe this team. And then you guys are trying to throw four individuals together. This is what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it's good to show that team is greater than just being really like having four fit individuals. And like, that's what at least, you know, our opinions you should be. If you look at like a football team or a baseball team, like everyone's got to work together and it's more than just having the guy who can throw the ball the farthest. You have to have someone who can go and catch it, you know? So I think it is cool to see that there is team aspects to it. And that's what the worm brings, which are bigger than just you being the fittest person in the world. So I've used the worm. I hate it. But hate what it. <laughs> what do you find? Like, what's hard? I mean, it's a clean and somewhat of a jerk at the end of the day, right? I mean, of course, there's a few other movements you can do, but it's ground to shoulder, sometimes shoulder to the other side. Yeah. What's so hard about it? Um, I guess it's just everyone, like, pulling up this, like, everyone working at the same time. Because even us, like, we obviously work at the same time. Now we do the worm often. Um, but if you have someone who's like a little bit slow on the full or like, you know, not using their legs much or a little bit taller or shorter, it's going to affect how you're pulling it off the ground and how it affects how tired you get. Um, and then also depending on, you know, obviously the front's the hardest bag. So usually Rich is getting, he's taking the hardest bag, but he can handle it. But then there's the rest of us. So if you're like, if it's paired with something maybe that you're not good at, then you're getting like pushed in this sense on the outside by something you're bad at. And then you go back to the worm and everyone feels a little bit better than you, but you have to keep up with them. So I think there's like so many factors that play into it that, yeah, it's just, it's so hard. And you'd think it wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> Who is, is Rich the one calling the reps when you guys are on the worm? No, it's usually Dre. Who's, it's usually the person with someone in the middle so that they can hear. Um, and also like if you're on the front bag, everyone knows that the front bag's the heaviest bag. So like heaviest in a sense of its position on the worm, um, that that person just needs to keep up. <laughs> they're, they're the ones struggling the most so they can't scream out reps at the same time. Yeah. Calling is hard. And I'm like, I'm on the back. So I'm lucky that I don't have to call unless it's burpees, um, because I think about Dre sometimes if you're like super fatigued and you also have to be like mentally in it to know when to call and everyone's hands are on the worm and what you're doing, that's a lot to take on. I've seen meltdowns happen. You guys seem to stay pretty cool under fire in general. Have you guys had a meltdown or a big fight? 
No, I'd say we don't really do that. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Cause we've seen that even from teams, you know, pretty legit teams that train together have like some meltdowns. Um, and yeah, that's just not how we operate. And I think, you know, Rich from the beginning, that's not how he operates. And that's, he's pretty calm, cool, collected. And that's what is expected of everyone on the team. And we do spend enough time together that not the other teams don't care about each other, but we know that everyone out there is giving a hundred percent. And if for some reason I'm failing or someone else is failing, it's not for lack of trying that we just have an attitude and don't want to do it. You know, it's we're physically at our capability. And I think people recognize that on the team, you know, and we're just trying to help each other make that happen. Um, even at Wadapalooza, like Dre was, he was really struggling at one point and it was just like, okay, what do we do? Do we just beat Dre into the ground? And I was like, no, I'll call. So I started calling, you know, the worm, which I've never called in my life, but just someone pick up the slack and try and like help that person out. Do you guys train a lot of mindset? Um, yes and no. We do have like Jim Hensley, he does mayhem mindset and he has been helpful with that. I think a lot of us come from a background where you've had to already hone those skills in mindset. Um, so it's just kind of, I don't want to say innate cause you always have to work on it, but we're always working on that. And is there, is there pressure because it's the mayhem team? Yeah, for sure. I think if you don't think that you're not being honest, you know, when I came in last year, I really felt the pressure. Like I was a new person. If for some reason the team imploded, it was going to fall on me, whether, you know, that was the case or not. Um, and it's good. It's, it's definitely good pressure. Like Rich isn't like over there putting pressure on you, but you naturally feel pressure because of what he's accomplished. Um, you know, and not just him, but the other people, like you don't want to let, like, I don't want to let China down. I don't want to let Dre down. I don't want to let Rich down. And I think we all, feel that same way it's just kind of unspoken and do you think it was worse going into 2018 because of a second place finish the year before oh yeah I think for me I from like my personal position the pressure I was putting on myself self-inflicted I definitely felt that because the plan was you know to win and there wasn't a plan b <laughs> and and you have two teams which is crazy coming out of one affiliate is there is it fierce between the two teams or are you guys buddies all, all year round and then just at the games you kind of go your own way we're definitely buddies all year round but last year it was a special year because the second team independence you know and and this year independence still they're super fit and so like training together when we had all four because at that time last year we had all four people for both teams in the same in cookville um so training with them was awesome because it pushed us and they're so fit like we would do workouts they would beat us and then we do another workout we beat them and, and so like there's definitely that competitive rivalry but at the end of the day we were all friends and cared about each other oh do you feel now since you're training for the games and you're training so hard I mean it's obvious you're sacrificing but what are some of the things you feel like you're sacrificing as a 28 year old um I there's definitely sacrifice involved, but it's things like, I don't mind staying in on like Friday and Saturday nights, like those things, which people would call sacrifice. I don't, I guess it is in a sense, but it's also, it's also not to me because 
I value, you know, what I'm doing in this opportunity that I have, but it's just time, you know, time from building like other things, you know, I could, you know, be going back to school or doing something else. And that would technically be a sacrifice, but it just doesn't feel like that because I am really invested in what I'm doing and love what I'm doing. So it doesn't feel like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Are you setting yourself up for a career in CrossFit beyond just training or are you like, all right, at some point I got to go back to these microscopes and look at Golgi apparatus? No, I mean, I would love to stay in CrossFit to some extent. Like that is my plan. And what's been really cool is I helped do some of the online programs for Rich and he has, you know, by just programming and being around and giving me the opportunity to write some programs by myself you know, I've learned a lot about programming and have had the opportunity to do that. So I'm definitely trying to grow that knowledge base and learn from him because he is, you know, one of the best in the world at that. Um, So yeah, I'm definitely trying to grow. I mean, that and then obviously, coaching is something that I've done before. I haven't done it since I've been in Cookville. Um, But yeah, I don't exactly know what the future holds, but I'm definitely trying to build some, you know, a knowledge base in certain things, certain areas um, that could help me in the future. So you're involved in programming. From an outside perspective, it appears, you know, Rich has always been notorious for like, I show up and I write down, like I've trained with him a handful of times at a level one when he shows up, what do you guys want to do type of thing? Yeah. You know, throw like So what makes good programming? And then also what makes bad programming? Oh, I feel like that's a big question. It's pretty uh, tough, but I mean, you're in it, right? Like you've seen, you've, what were you following in 2016 when you made it as an individual? I was following complete athletic performance. Who um, runs that? Uh, Brandon Peterson. Okay. So, right. Okay. He used to be a part of, I believe it was outlaw, wasn't he? I don't think so, but I'm not positive. Okay. So Brandon Peterson was writing your programming and then now you go to, you know, so you've, you've obviously been a part of some really great programming and it's worked and not, not to take away I'm a believer in you would have been at the games even with shitty programming, probably, right? Thanks. So what have, you, what, what have you learned? What are some one or two things that you notice about good programming? I mean, I think that there's more than one way to get someplace. Obviously, we see that. Like when I was training before, I wasn't doing much, I wasn't doing as much volume as I'm doing now. So I was doing a lesser volume approach in 2016 whereas now it's a higher volume approach. Um, I know that Rich, you know, he, he just programs based on the day before. So whereas where I came from before, it was more scheduled. Like on certain days I squatted, on certain days I snatched and did all these certain things, which I think worked really great and it works great still. Whereas Rich, it's like more of like each day we look at what we did last day and just work from there and work forward. Um, So I think I've just kind of learned that there's more than one way to get someplace, you know, and they're all very good. It just depends on the person. And then more importantly, I mean, I've been lucky enough that I've been around people who program well. I haven't really worked with someone who, to my knowledge, doesn't program well. So I can't say like what this bad programming is, Um, but just taking the programming and being present in that workout and giving your best is going to make a difference. You know, um, obviously you can't do intensity all the time. Can't do just long grinders all the time. It has to be 
mix. And that's what, you know, CrossFit is. You need to be strong, but you also need to be fast. You need to be able to go long. So making sure you're hitting all different time domains um, and stuff like that. Now, I assume it's mostly the opposite, but have you seen any like bad programming? Do people reach out to you and, you know, I want to make it to the games and they tell you what they're doing and you're like, whoa, that's terrible. I honestly haven't had that experience, <laughs> which I'm, I guess I'm lucky. I'm sure that's happening um, because there's so many different CrossFit affiliates and like people trying to compete there. It's inevitable that there's going to be bad programming out there. Well, what's your advice to people that are, like you keep saying so much volume, you're there all day. And I, like you said, you're not working out all day, but what's your advice to people to find that right amount of volume? Cause that's the that's the downfall, right? Everybody wants to do what Tasia's doing because I want to get as good as her. But like you said, it took almost a year to acclimate to that much. So what's yeah. your advice to those people? You know, you're, you're, you know, the maybe you don't because you're kind of on an island there in Cookville, <laughs> but at some boxes, it's like people want to, you know, make it to the next level, which used to be regionals. And now it's winning a competition. So they do more and more and more. Yeah. What's your advice to them? I would definitely say more isn't always better and you need to be working with someone or whoever's programmed for you, be able to ask them questions and them to be able to answer these questions um, about that. I think once you start pushing the line of injury, you know, you, you want to avoid that. And that's like what I think volume brings injury probably a little bit faster than if you're doing less volume. Um, but on top of that too, one thing that I've noticed is more accessory work and stretching and things like that have helped offset the amount of volume that we do to try and stay healthy, like single, single arm, single leg work, because we work so much in certain planes. Um, you need to try and protect those muscles. So I guess just advice would be like, make sure you're whoever's program for you is knowledgeable and can answer questions that you have, you know, not just like you need to do more because you need to do more because that's not the truth. Like, why am I doing more of this? Or what is more that I need? Um, and then being sure to get the proper, like accessory work, body work, stretching that you need as well. Where's the balance for you of like, this is too much volume and I'm whining. And I'm whining. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like for me, like I woke up this morning, it's Monday. I rested yesterday. I'm tired. I don't want to work out today. And I will. Yeah. And I'm going to do one workout. I can't imagine what you're like every day you wake up must be like, I don't want to do this. Like, and yes. not that you don't want to, your body's tired, I should say. Yeah. But I think it's, it's a different mindset and I won't be in this mindset when I'm done competing. You know, right now I know that I'm in games training, training to win the games. So there's a very small margin of whining you know what I mean that's like allowed to like I'm whining I'm not going to do this workout like you're going to do every workout unless I'm like I think something's really wrong like I'm I don't want to hurt myself like that's like the only window that you have is like you need to be healthy and not hurt yourself um but when I'm not competing competitively it's going to be totally different I'm not going to be riding that line you know what I mean whereas you can wake up and be like, I am so beat today. I'm just going to go, you know, row or I'm not even going to work out. Or I'm going to go for a walk. And I think that's the difference. And you have to separate that as like what stage you're in and what your goals are. Yeah. I spoke to James Hobart and that was kind of 
a challenge for him now, you know, that he's out of that competition mindset to find that desire to want to train as hard as he used to. Sure. I can imagine that's got to be super difficult. What are some unusual habits that Tasia has? Unusual habits? You know, you games athletes are a strange bunch, you know, and do you like, you know, for me wrestling growing up, when I was on a winning streak, I wore the same underwear every, every match. (laughs) Do you, do you have any unusual habits that people aren't aware of? I'm trying to think because I'm not superstitious. So that helps with like a lot of people are like super superstitious. And when I was in gymnastics, I was a little bit more, I think, um, because you'd always do the same, like we do these like body weight warm up things. Like before you went to floor, like in your head, you'd be doing like a double back, but you'd just be like pulling your leg up to your face. Um, so I definitely don't do things like that. I don't have unusual, I don't want to say unusual, but I definitely have worked a lot this year on like when I'm heading in to competition, like a workout, trying to get as present as I can in a sense of like, like everyone's trying to be present no matter what. But this is something that Jim Hensel who actually gave me. And it's like when you're walking out, like I did this at the games last year to try and recognize what's happening around you, like how the breeze is blowing the flags or like what it feels like on my skin or like, you know, just little things to just super bring myself into that place. Um, and re- remind myself, which I guess it's not really unusual because I I'm trying to think of something. No, but that, that is, I have. that's a big lesson. I mean, at 28 years old to be thinking about being more present, I'm sure, especially games week or weekend, whatever it's going to be this year, it's easy to get caught up. Oh yeah. Just, you know, maybe you experienced that more in 2016 where you're like, you know, I'm competing with Tia and Annie and all these women that you look up to and all of a sudden you're beating them. Right. You know, to remember and be present in those moments. Yeah. And I think like people always say that like in 2016, they're like, it's your first year, try and enjoy it, try and enjoy it. And like, not that I didn't enjoy it, I very much did, but the pressure was so overwhelming that I put on myself. Nobody would have cared if I came in last, you know what I mean? But for, for me, the pressure on myself, that it was really hard to think about those moments and like be in that place where I could really just be like, wow, I'm doing this. Like, this is awesome. And then those moments that you did, it was so much better. So trying to make it a more regular habit, not have those times where you're just focusing on something else or like thinking about how you like suck or whatever, you know, like that's not going to help you at all. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra that goes through your head in those times? I mean, for me, I'm a big faith person. So I'm kind of like constantly praying, just leading up and just, just trying to calm my heart and quiet my heart and like not think about any of those negative things. So rid myself of negativity and practice positive self-talk, which I think everyone at this level of the game, they have negative, like those negative thoughts are never going to stop. They're always going in. Even, you know, Rich, who's won the games however many times, so many times, he's still thinking, you know, like he's got those things like, oh, like what if I'm not able to do this or that? And um, not to speak for him, but I know just like, it doesn't go away when you've won that many times. Like, you still have to reinforce positive self-talk. Like you can do this. And I remind myself, luckily, like being at Mayhem, the amount of volume we do when I'm going into a workout, I'm like, hey, you've done this like a thousand times in a workout and you only have to do it 20 times. So like, this is great. You know, like 
you can do this, you know, calm down, stay calm, you know, and that's like, you want to definitely recognize that you want those jitters, but they can also be negative. Was that a big, did that help you decide to move there knowing how important faith was to the rest of the mayhem crew? Yeah. I mean, it, it was really cool because I'd never been around believers before and to move here and know that there was a group of believers here. Um, it's helped grow my faith a lot and that's just been so incredible to have not only like these physical things that I want and are achieving as like goals in sports, but also achieving, I guess, like goals in the sense of like spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Um, it's been overall being here in Cookville has been a huge blessing in my life. All right. Last question, Tasia. Do you have a book you recommend that the listeners check out? Oh my gosh, a book. That's great because I love, I love to read. I'm trying to look at, I have like my bookshelf over there of like, what would be a great book? I mean, one of my... No bio textbooks. No. Yeah. Biology. <laughs> 199. Um, I mean, one of my favorite books is The Alchemist, which... Oh, I that's... Read. A classic. I love it. Yeah, that. a long time ago. I'm sure people say that all the time. Um, so that's the one when I'm looking at my shelf that is one of my favorites and I would definitely recommend reading. Yeah, talking about faith and um, all that good stuff. The Alchemist, a couple people have recommended it. Easy book too. Short oh, so book. Easy. So, so great. Well, I know you have eight hours of training ahead of <laughs> you, so I, <laughs> I will let you go. And it's been really great chatting with you. I'm excited to see you again hopefully in Madison we're not sure if we'll be there yet but uh oh, no. we'll, we'll find out we haven't heard about that you know whatever you guys are finding out we're finding out around the same time so cool. I'm sure you're excited I'm sure the team is uh getting prepared it's just a couple of weeks is that exciting that it's like you know like senioritis kind of like are you oh, getting yeah. that a little bit like I'm so excited and like it goes so fast you're like six weeks I have six weeks and I'm like it's gonna go so fast so you gotta enjoy every day <laughs> what well, how much time are you given off though at the end? Like, like after. So you know, last workout Sunday, and then when is it like the text that it's like meet at the gym Monday eight a.m. Like when? I mean, Rich, if you know Rich Froning, he doesn't really stop working out, so like he'll jump right back in, and then the rest of us can join in when we're ready. Um, I don't know how this coming year is going to work with like everything changing and the open being in October and like, will the open still not matter? So I think a lot of factors are going to play into when we pick up training again, hopefully there'll be a legit off season though. <laughs> a couple, couple days off so you can yes. rest and heal up, but, um, thanks again. Enjoy today's training and, um, we look forward to seeing you guys on top of the podium. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. Take a moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to best hour of their day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience. Do you have topics you want us to talk about? people you want us to interview. We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Best Hour of Their Day.